What is Major League Baseball doing? What are they doing? We have opening weekend. Hope springs eternal. Everyone's a contender here in Major League Baseball's opening weekend. Except the Atlanta Braves, who are 0-3. They're going to go 0-162. I just know it. I just know it. We should be talking about that kind of stuff after baseball's opening weekend. Instead, we are talking politics with regards to Major League Baseball, the All-Star game being moved from Truist Park in Atlanta now to Denver, Colorado in Lodo, lower downtown Denver, to Coors Field, all because of some restrictive, controversial Georgia voting laws. How strict? How controversial? What does this mean? We'll get into it today on Tony Katz today. Nation of Jake in for Tony Katz on this Tuesday, April 6th. You can catch us on TonyCats.com, as well as all along the far-flung Tony Katz radio network. Also, catch up with me on Twitter, at Nation of Jake, for today and tomorrow. I'm in with you for the next two here on Tony Katz today. Ari Castle is here. He is the producer of Tony Katz today, and also, he is the Chewbacca to my hand solo. And he cannot stand how I pronounce both Chewbacca and Han Solo. I did, that is the I didn't really care. Wrong way to say it. Chewbacca and Han Solo. I know. I do these things, these little microaggressions, to get at Ari sometimes. By the way, Ari Castle has a great story about last night's national championship game. Baylor beating Gonzaga. And by the way, this is not a sports talk show, but they're just uh, very pertinent topics. And they just kind of... Uh, intertwined with the sports world today. So that's where we're going to go with it. All right. Well, Ari's got a great story about the national championship experience for him. That wasn't. That's coming up in a little bit. So keep it right here on Tony Katz today. So over the weekend, I unplugged like many people do. Easter weekend, holiday weekend. I went down to the Gulf Coast, went to the beach. I may as well have left my phone here in Atlanta. I had no idea what was going on. I would get bits and pieces People talking about the news of the day down on the coast. When I was told by my cousin Ellen, and and just so you know, Ellen, she's my age. We hung out a lot as kids, and we watched a lot of Braves baseball with my grandfather. I I come from a a giant family of Braves fans, and uh, everybody still kind of follows the Braves. I I do a little bit less because I spent so much time in Major League Baseball working with the Braves, kind of got burnt out. So I just kind of key. I just I pay attention a little bit. Well, Ellen. She says, hey, did you hear about this All-Star Game thing? And I was like, no. What about the All-Star Game? She's like, well, it was going to be in Atlanta, but now it's, it's not. MLB has pulled out of Atlanta as the site of the 2021 MLB All-Star Game. And, and not to go too deep into the whole backstory, but some years ago, the Atlanta Braves uh, decided they would not renew their lease in downtown Atlanta at Turner Field at the time, which was owned by the city of Atlanta, and they had a 25-year lease. And some years ago, they said, hey, we're going to up and move to Cobb County, Georgia. It's farther north. It's nearer to our fan base, and we're going to have a whole ballpark village. So right now, uh, the Atlanta Braves have this big, beautiful, not only ballpark, but ballpark village with shopping and restaurants and a lot of stuff for people to do even on non-game days. You go down there, there's a theater, I think. They have concerts. Uh, just a lot of commerce happening around the ballpark. And that is what was missing from Atlanta baseball for a long time. Uh, now, they opened what was SunTrust Park in Cobb County. Now it is Truist Park. 
And as part of that, you know, get, getting a new stadium, you're going to get an all-star game or, or you're, you're going to get a Super Bowl, whatever it is. You know, they, Major League Baseball loves it when these cities spend all this money on new venues because it gets exciting and people go out. It means bigger revenues for these teams and as follows Major League Baseball. So Braves build this new ballpark knowing that they're going to get the All-Star game at some point. And when it comes time for the All-Star game to be played, the season coming up on it, July 13th, this happens. What happens? Well, Georgia, you know, after the 2020 election, uh, there were a lot of problems all throughout the country with this absentee voting, you know, COVID voting, voting by mail. It was messy, especially in Georgia. And they, they the, the Georgia State Legislature, I guess, seizing on the opportunity to say, hey, this was a mess in 2020. We need to clean up these voting laws. Well, it would follow. It's actually the perfect time to, to clean up your voting protocols. But... Optics from the other side, Democrats are saying, no, 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 you're just trying to suppress votes because you guys lost Georgia. Georgia went blue. You guys lost the Senate seats in Georgia. So you guys are trying to suppress the vote. Well, that, that's a very easy claim to make because it, it might feel that way, especially to some people who are on the Democrat side of things. Uh, when you actually look at this Georgia voting bill, this uh, quote unquote controversial and quote-unquote restrictive Georgia voting law that has been passed, House Bill 202, it's it's not really restrictive at all. Uh, from what I understand, the protocols for in-person voting have not changed one bit. It's no different if you're voting in person. If you are voting by mail, they're not doing the signature match anymore they're going to require a photo ID. All right, not necessarily a driver's license, but a photo ID. You need to provide your driver's license or photo ID number in order to vote by mail. Before, they were doing a whole signature match thing, which is highly subjective. Look, my signature changes depending on the environment. What kind of pen am I using? Ballpoint, flare, uniball, gel pen, uh, it just depends how I write my name. Am I holding stuff? Am I in a hurry? What My signature is different every time I write it. There is no way to signature match me without some sort of uh, CSI type forensics. All right. So I, signature match is, is a bad idea because not only are signatures different from person to person from time to time, uh, they are also very simple to mimic. To, to forge, to fake. And, and the, the poor guy who was tasked with uh, going through the signatures, he's just got an endless pile of signatures. He's just he's not going to, with a fine-tooth comb, he's going to start throwing them out. He's going, okay, 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 okay. So it's not a good way to verify anything by having a human being who is fallible, highly fallible human beings going through matching signatures. It's inefficient and it's goofy. How about, what's your driver's license number? What is it? Oh, you don't have a driver's license? Do you have a photo ID? Oh, you don't have a photo ID? Do you have the last four digits of your social? These are all things you can use in lieu of a photo ID. The last four digits of your social? Do you have a paycheck with your name and address on it? Do you have a pay stub? A government check? 
a bill, a utility, anything in your name that we can look at and prove, and you can prove who you are, who you say you are. This is not a restrictive bill at all. It really, it expands early voting. It does. There are places where you got two weeks or 15 days of early voting. Georgia was one of those places, 15 days of early voting. Well, now you have 17 days of early voting. They extended the early voting by two days. There are some caveats in there where a precinct can choose to shut down the polls at 5 instead of 7 p.m. during early voting, say on a Saturday or Sunday. But still, it remains that if you are in line by the 5 o'clock or 7 o'clock deadline, you still get to vote. So on weekends, they made some exceptions, said that the local precincts can shut down at 5 if, say, they don't want to be there till 8 or 9 o'clock on a Saturday or a Sunday, which I think is entirely reasonable. Uh, and then the other thing that you're going to see is they won't let water be distributed in line while you're voting. So, yeah, you know, you could say, oh, my God, what if you're out there and you're just dehydrated? You're, you're going to pass out. Nobody can give you water. Well, that's not exactly true either. It's a distance to prevent electioneering. Just like you, you can't be on site at a poll with a sign. That's why the signs when you go to polling places are always X amount of feet away. There's the dozens of feet, hundreds of feet, whatever it is. So what it just follows that somebody who is working for a campaign can't go handing out what are considered gifts to would-be voters. Whether it's food, candy bars, granola bars, snacks, or bottled water. All right, and I don't, I don't see that as being some sort of restriction on voting. If you are worried about being dehydrated while you're waiting in line to vote, bring your own water. All right, you can get a bottle of water, a six-pack at the Dollar Tree for a dollar. Plenty of water out there. You can bring it yourself. Get a water bottle, get a camel pack or camel back. What are those called? Camel backs, those vests with a bladder you can fill with water and just drink all day. Because what's next? Oh, I drank too much water in line. You need to provide me a place to go to the bathroom. No, nobody has to provide you anything or the opportunity to to get free stuff while you're in line to vote. You're there for one reason, and that is to vote. And I, I just don't think that it is is such a burden to ask somebody who is going to participate in public life to prove they are who they say they are through a photo ID of some sort. Years ago in Georgia, I lived in Atlanta for years in the mid-2000s. I moved to Atlanta in 2005, and even then they were talking about this, about voter ID. And, oh, it's, it's very difficult for minorities to, to get driver's licenses. And I was like, really? That's weird, because every time I've been to a place to get my license, whether it was in Tennessee or in Georgia or anywhere else, I, I saw all kinds of people, people, Latino people, black people, white people, Indian people, all kinds of people get their licenses, get their IDs every day. Millions of minorities every day manage to get licenses. So it really comes down, and it's kind of gross, is this soft bigotry of lowered expectations. Somehow we can't expect minorities to be able to go out and get licenses or, or free IDs. Because the state of Georgia, if you cannot afford to pay the fees for a license or a state-issued ID, you get one for free. It's, it's not difficult. It's not hard. All right, you, you need an ID for damn near everything else you do in this country. 
If you want to go apply for a job, you got to have a social security number. It's part of the whole I-9 requirement. Nobody calls that racist. And so they're going to move the All-Star game after corporate pressure from places like Coke and Delta, both Atlanta-based companies. They're going to move it to Denver, Colorado. Because nothing says, let's fight this racist law that hurts minorities like let's move venues to a place where there are way fewer minorities and actually more restrictive voting laws. We'll get into that. And what exactly does this law do? I mean, I touched on it. Uh, there are some some people who want to set the record straight, including Doug Collins of Georgia. He did a great job today in an op-ed about that. We're also, we're not going to do all All-Star Game stuff today. We've got a crisis at the t- southern border, which is uh, largely going unattended. Uh, Vice President Harris is in charge of all that. you got Major the dog biting people at the White House, and we've got the experts like the dog whisperer weighing in. And again, I, I do want to get to... Ari Castle's story about his non-experience at the national championship last night with uh, Baylor over Gonzaga. This is a fantastic story. That's coming up in a little bit here. So stay with me here. I'm in with you for the next two days, but let's get ready for today, 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 the now, 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 now. And we'll do all that and more coming up on Tony Katz today. The Atlanta Braves. First pitch today is at 4.05 Eastern time. But here's the thing. Nobody's talking about the actual game. They're not even talking about practice. They're talking about the All-Star game. It's not even till July 13th because the big story, the big story, and this is a lot like all these different laws in different states that get passed. They affect the people in the state, but everybody in the world wants to talk about them, including those here on Tony Katz today. That's right. It's what you expect to hear about because this is front page on Fox News, on CNN, everywhere is that the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is moving venues because of these restrictive, controversial Jim Crow, no, Jim Eagle-type laws being passed in Georgia. Listen, I remember the uh, the RIFRA law, the Religious Freedom Act, the law, the state law in Indiana some years ago. Everybody wanted to talk about it. People who had never been to Indiana, people who had never met somebody from Indiana, wanted to talk about this religious freedom bill in Indiana. You know what? It's nobody's business but the people in Indiana. That's between the voters in Indiana and their state legislators. Same with North Carolina. They passed this bathroom bill. And we said, this is anti-transgender, this bathroom law. I heard about it. Just so, so many people had so many opinions on all this stuff. I guess the difference with this is it does use our national pastime as the backdrop. And so everybody feels like, oh, this is baseball. This is the national pastime. Why would they move the All-Star game from Atlanta over this this law? Well, it's been uh, characterized as restrictive uh, voter suppression. And these are all things that every time a state tries to clean up you know, clear the voter rolls, uh, just be more transparent, uh, kind of tighten down, you know, after what we saw in 2020, uh, just uh, tightening down the protocols. Saying, hey, look, you look, the signature matching, it's messy. We, we need a voter ID. If we're going to be doing more absentee ballots, vote by mail uh, here in the, the era of COVID-19, 
Uh, they all agree that people should be able to vote uh, absentee, but we got to tighten it down and make sure the people are, it's not being taken advantage of. And and I think there's, there's nothing wrong with it. But, but when you read it, you go, oh, they use words, loaded language, like, oh, this is Jim Crow. This is voter suppression. Well, what is actually in the bill is I would, I would urge everyone maybe not go read the bill because it's, it's long and dry, but go to a source a non-biased source, if you can find one, and look at what's in the bill. Uh, the most high-profile provision of the controversial election law uh, is, is the change in how the state verifies the identity of voters who request and cast absentee ballots. Again, voting in person has not changed. Other than early voting actually being expanded, uh, they'll tell you they're restricting early voting because a couple of hours on Saturday and Sundays, uh, the polls will close earlier than 7 p.m. But they've expanded from 15 days to 17 days. Uh, now, the change in the the absentee ballots eliminates the signature, signature matching, which is subjective and inefficient, and requires you got a, a state license or a state ID number. Now, you might be saying, well, you know, a lot of minorities, they, they don't know how to go out and get state IDs, which I think is kind of a gross thing to say. Yes, Minorities know how to use the internet. They know how to go get licenses. They're actually people who are just as smart as white people. As Biden would say, just as bright as white kids. Or whatever idiocy uh, he said. It's just this infantilizing of minorities. Uh, and it's it's a, a useful talking point for people who are against uh, this kind of thing. Look, trying to make it more difficult to cheat in these elections. Uh, cleaner. You know, we, we don't want to undermine our elections. And when processes are convoluted and left to subjectivity, that's exactly what happens. So basically, they're saying, hey, if you got an ID, we need that number for you to vote absentee. Now, if you don't have an ID, we'll give you one for free or you can use your social. You can you can use a litany of other ways to do it. And listen, we we will be getting more into this. I do want to turn our attention to the border and what's happening. We'll do that next on Tony Katz today with the Nation of Jake. Nation of Jake in for Tony Katz on Tony Katz today online, TonyKatz.com. You know, last time I was with you, we got such a treat. We got to listen to Joe Biden's first press conference of his administration. We listened to it for, for a while. Uh, we, we heard a lot of words. Uh, I didn't hear much substance. I heard a lot of, uh, I would say, misinformation, mischaracterizations, and a, a whole lot of uh, filibustering by the media. Uh, that's, that's what I heard. I, if I recall correctly, you know, we had this. Border surge. We have uh, immigrants uh, rushing the border. We've got the the kids in cages that we don't call kids in cages under Joe Biden. We just call them um, migrant youths who were being housed in in facilities, youth facilities, uh, whatever euphemism they want to give it. You got kids in cages at the border. Uh, the border is a complete and total mess. But I remember that the first questions asked to Joe Biden were all about eliminating the filibuster which was an odd thing given uh, we had you know, COVID vaccinations, we've got uh, the crisis at the southern border, 
We've got uh, you know jobs. We've got an economy, and then they're talking about these Senate rules. It just seemed like the media was trying to put that at the forefront and make that the subject of debate. Uh, that's neither here nor there today. But what is is this situation on the southern border? Joe Biden has put Vice President Harris in charge of this pretty high profile uh, project uh, assignment for Vice President Harris. Usually, vice presidents don't do that much. Uh, they they might take up some sort of you know vanity project, you know some sort of uh, they're, they're delegated tasks, but they're but they're not usually as important as immigration, which is one of the the things that the president can almost unilaterally do. Uh, he can take actions to protect the borders. Uh, so. I'm not so sure where Vice President Harris has been because this ball is in her court. And she I don't think she's gone to the border. I have not seen any press conferences, updates, uh, any any kind of you know, breakout sessions with ICE or Border Patrol with with Vice President Harris at the helm. I, I haven't seen these things. Ari Castle, producer of Tony Cassidy, have you seen these things? Uh, no, I've tried to actively avoid it. Okay, well, I've been unplugged as well, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You can tweet me at Nation of Jake. Uh, I have not seen any video of Vice President Harris uh, at the border. I I did see early on, maybe before she was delegated this responsibility, somebody asked her if she was going to go to the border, and she kind of did her her chuckling, uncomfortable laughter. (laughs) Not not today. That's all I've, I've, I've seen of Vice President Harris on this. And then there are still a lot of problems at the border. I was reading some numbers. Uh, when you when you look at the border surges under President Donald Trump and then compare them to this early surge in the administration of President Biden in March of 2020, just over a year ago, there were 34,000 migrants, according to uh, the Border Patrol, that that came to the southern border. Thirty four thousand. Sounds like a lot. Like if you have 34,000 of anything in the same place, seems like a lot. Well, this year, just m- past month, March of 2021, they expect to have encountered over 171,000 migrants. That is a massive number. That dwarfs the 34,000. But if you ask President Biden, and by extension, Pre- uh, Vice President Harris, uh, that's it's just cyclical. It's seasonal. Happens every year. Happens every year around this time. You know, weather, you know, whether it's uh, more or less dangerous uh, to make the trek. So it's just seasonal. Happens every year. Well, how is that so much variance year to year? If it happens every year and you're like, oh, this is a regular thing we expected. How does it jump from 34,000 uh, migrants to, to 171,000? No, it was, something happened. Well, an election happened. Uh, there was a president, Donald Trump, again, who didn't do everything right. Far from it. Uh, but he, he made it clear he was going to enforce the immigration laws. That's probably why fewer people were coming up. And when they did come up, they were, were sent back. They weren't left to, to starve in the desert. They were flown back to their families in planes. They were, they were not just left on the other side of the wall to starve in the desert and, and, and be dehydrated. 
That's not, it's not true. That's what Joe Biden said at his presser uh, a couple weeks ago or whenever it was last. I don't forget. It was, it, it, I tried to block that whole thing out, but I remember him saying that, you know, leaving children to die in the desert, which is, that's an absurd and obscene lie. That, that didn't happen. Um, that said, you have 171,000. Well, something happened. An election happened. And Joe Biden sent the message that, that you should come here. September 2019, Biden told illegal immigrants, you should come to America. That's, and then that's the message that was taken. There was, a, I believe, uh, Cecilia Vega of ABC News asked the question at the press conference. Said, hey, I talked to a mom of a, of a young migrant kid from Honduras, and she told uh, Miss Vega from ABC News that uh, she told her kid to go up there because she knew that President Biden wouldn't send him back, wouldn't put him on a plane and send him back. So they, they got the message that the borders are open, and, and now you've got a problem, and now you've got Vice President Harris in charge of it, and she's not really doing anything. And in fact, this is, here's what's mind-boggling, and it just goes to show, you know, from kids in cages under Trump to migrant youth facilities under President Biden, uh, the fact that he just recently let reporters into these facilities to check out what was going on, uh, the, the fact that now the Biden administration is, is looking into restarting the construction of the border wall, the the... One of the main planks of President Trump's campaign was build the wall. I mean, it was probably the most memorable and most upfront. Build the wall. That was it. So they start building the wall. Uh, Congress doesn't like it. The Democrat Congress of 2018, which was elected, they, they stopped the wall. There was a government shutdown over the wall. The wall is cruel. The wall sends the wrong message. Walls don't work. That, that whole line about walls don't work. Well, now the Biden administration, according to the Washington Times, is reportedly considering restarting the construction of the wall along the U.S.-Mexico border as the Biden administration struggles to maintain control over the worsening border crisis. Biden Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said during a conversation with ICE employees last week that the administration was considering finishing gaps in the wall. Why would they do that if walls don't work, if walls are cruel? Why? Why would they do that? How do you square that with walls don't work? Well, you know, they don't work, but, you know, we, we need to plug the gaps in the wall. Why? Why? If, if walls don't work, why aren't you taking down the wall? Because all that talk, all that politics, all that posturing, all that virtue signaling well, it's not practical. It's not reality. And if you ask uh, uh, the, the Mayorkas here, says it's not a single answer to a single question. There are different projects that the chief of Border Patrol has presented and the acting commissioner of CBP presented to me. And that's, that's just a double speak. That's just a way around it. You know, when, when you're in a tough position, somebody asks you a question and they want a straight answer and you don't have it, you say stuff like, well, it's not, it's not a single answer to a single question it's it's very it's very complex and what we have here is uh we need to have a national conversation uh, all those things all that nonsense and doublespeak uh really what it comes down to is we were wrong we were wrong about the border 
You know, what Trump did was actually good, and people knew that he would enforce the laws. And we went on record as saying that, you know, Trump was stupid and Trump was cruel, and we're not going to enforce those laws. In fact, we are by executive order going to repeal any of those things that he did. And, and now, oh, we've made a mess. Oh, but it was Trump's fault. Completely Trump's fault. 100% Trump's fault. This, this, is, this is of Trump's doing. Yeah, the, the fact that the uh, numbers have quintupled, that's all Trump's fault. 100%. You got to blame him. We're cleaning up his mess. It's it's not true. That is 100% false. But that's the line right now. Uh, and, and on top of all that, Vice President Harris is not even in front of this at all. It's like the president gave her this, hey, you are going to do more than vice presidents of the past. I'm going to put you in charge. And what he did, he did not do her any favors because this is a really difficult problem to solve. This is a, a problem that shouldn't even be. This is a problem that was taking care of itself years and years and years ago. Decades ago, people from Mexico would come up during harvest season and they would work on farms and then they would go home. After the season was over, they'd make money, they'd go home. They'd come back. They'd work, they'd make money, they'd go home. They didn't want to leave their families. They didn't want to leave their homeland. Very proud people. They didn't want to leave Mexico. They just wanted to make money. They wanted the opportunity. Come up, work, see. But instead of of looking at what was happening and building around what comes naturally, somebody who got put in charge of the border decided to have this hardline stance and say, nope, we're going to cut it off. So these Mexican folk or folk from Central America who were used to coming up at this natural cycle, seasonal uh, work deal, they said, well, look, we got to make a decision now. We can't freely go back and forth like we used to, so we got to go where the work is, or it's not make any money and starve. And so that's why you've had this magnet of work, and now the, the magnet is heightened with guys like Joe Biden and the Democrats saying we need to give you know free education and free health care and free everything to everyone, regardless of their, of their citizenship, uh, the magnets have increased, but then you've made it very difficult to get back and forth. That's how all th- th- all this is a problem that was caused by the government, and only a fool would think that the government can solve it, uh, especially a uh, government led by flipping Joe Biden, who doesn't even want to solve it. He's passed the buck to, to Vice President Harris. It's unbelievable. Like a, a guy like me sitting in his basement in Atlanta, Georgia, the former site of the 2021 All-Star Game. I, it, it, I, I, can, I can pinpoint the problem, but these guys can't. Oh, yes, it's cyclical, you know. Let's talk about the filibuster. No, it's all, it's all goofy. And, and then on top of that, you know, Joe Biden can't even keep his dog from biting people in the White House. Wouldn't it be awful if they had to put that dog down if he bites more people? I don't think they would. And people don't like it when you talk about putting dogs down like that. But this is a this is a second time biter. From what I understand from watching TV in the 80s, especially there's this one episode of Give Me a Break where a, a dog bit, I think, uh, Nell Carter. And it was like the third time. That was the third time biter of a dog. They had to put it down. But Nell was like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Because she was a hero. and She was a proud woman. Oh, we'll talk about that. In fact, it's not the dog's fault. It's not. It's the people in the White House's fault, according to who? The dog whisperer. That's right. 
Major the dog is getting psychoanalyzed by Caesar Milan, and I am here for it, and I hope you will be too, because we're going to do that next here on Tony Cassidy with your guy, the Nation of Jake. Major the dog can't stop biting people. You may have read last week, Joe Biden cannot keep control of this dog. I guess this dog's a good-looking dog. German Shepherd, some sort of shepherd. I don't know his nationality. It might be Austrian. I don't know. I've never heard him bark, but I hear he's been biting people. And the bite is much worse than the bark, from what I understand. It's Nation of Jake, by the way, in for Tony Katz on Tony Katz today and tomorrow, by the way. I'll be with you for a couple of days here. So, I, you know, I read about Joe Biden's dog, and I'm like, you know what? There has to, It does have to be stressful for a dog to go from Delaware uh, over to the White House. You know, high pressure, high tension, and it turns out I'm right. Uh, even Caesar Milan, known for the Emmy-nominated television series The Dog Whisperer with Caesar Milan, he described the White House environment as a place full of tension. He said that the problem does not lie with Major, but the situation and the people the dog is surrounded by. And I'm just going to go out and say it. Major the dog is surrounded by Democrats. That's a problem. Dogs don't like to be surrounded by people always telling other people what to do. Eh, dogs are free. They want to go out. They want to sniff butts. That's what they want to do. Joe Biden is a lot like his dog. You know, he's, he, he likes to sniff things. I'm sure Major likes to sniff. But you had these jerks around, all these super serious people wanting to tell people what to do, wanting to cancel you, you know, wanting to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta over to Denver. Yeah, I might bite somebody too. I may do it. And this Caesar Milan, he knows dogs. I'm amazed continually by this guy. I've watched at least one episode of The Dog Whisperer. Ari, you've, you've got dags, don't you? Yeah, I just have a new puppy who's been with home with us for a week now. Do you, do you guys consult with uh, Caesar Milan, not on a personal level, but maybe his videos and whatnot? Uh, we do look at YouTube dog videos. All right, so Caesar Milan probably pops up quite a bit. Uh, he's a frequent uh, frequent viewing, yes. Okay, because he, he knows what he's talking about. He is the dog whisperer. I mean, that's a great brand to have. He's the gold standard of dog trainers. I watched one episode of The Dog Whisperer. And there was this uh, shepherd-type dog, German Shepherd or Siberian Husky something, one of those dogs, good-looking dog. And this dog had, like, some sort of disorder where all it would do was chase its tail all day long. The dog was like the Tasmanian devil all day, would just try to bite its own tail. And somehow, Caesar Milan knew what to do. You know what he did? He put, like, this jacket on the dog. He put this, like, uh, vest on the dog and loaded it up with, with water. Bottles of water and said, this dog lacks purpose. I whispered to this dog and he whispered to me, Cesar, I lack purpose. And so he put bottles of water in this dog's jacket. And so he's like, ah, now the dog has a purpose. He, he carries water. We gave him a job and now he does not spend all day chasing his tail. It was amazing because seriously, it's, like, it's funny to watch a dog chase his tail every now and again. But this dog, just every waking moment. The dog would chase his tail and try to bite his own tail. And Caesar was able to do it. Hopefully, Joe Biden will have enough sense to bring Caesar into the White House to fix this dog. Because I'd hate to see Major be a third-time biter and be put down. That would be awful, wouldn't it? They wouldn't do that to a president's dog, would they? 
Biden would have to pardon him, and I wouldn't blame him. All right, more on the All-Star game. No longer in Atlanta. Going to Denver. How are the voting laws in Denver? We will explore that next on Tony Katz today. Nation of Jake in for Tony Katz on Tony Katz today. I'll be here not only today, but also on Tony Katz today tomorrow. If that's not confusing, then you're not listening. But no, I'll be here today and tomorrow on Tony Katz today. Nation of Jake at Nation of Jake on the Twitter. I am coming to you from the former site of the 2021 MLB All-Star Game. I'm in my studio here in the Atlanta, Georgia metro area. But the All-Star Game is going elsewhere, going out to Denver, Colorado, which I do not believe is on the far-flung Tony Katz radio network, so that's their loss. But they gain an All-Star Game, and it all comes down to these voting laws. Uh, Throughout the country, it just depends on what is the epicenter. Who's trying to pass a voter ID law? Is it Texas? Is it Pennsylvania? There's always these debates over voter ID every time just so happens that this time it's in wake of the 2020 election. Uh, Sensitivities are very high with regards to this stuff, uh, namely politics, and more and more companies are getting into the activism. All right, so Major League Baseball was under corporate pressure from advertisers like Delta and Coca-Cola, namely those two. Uh, Ed Bastian of Delta, the CEO, uh, came out against this quote-unquote controversial and restrictive uh, Georgia voter ID law that was passed, House Bill 202 here in Georgia, uh, so much so that they applied pressure to Commissioner of Major League Baseball Rob Manfred to pull the All-Star game out of Atlanta. Now, in case you're not uh, familiar with the demographics of Georgia and Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is a blue, 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 deep blue city in the middle of a red state. Oh, that's where you get purple. You've got a lot of blue in the highly populated part of Atlanta up there in North Georgia, towards North Georgia, and the rest is largely Republican. Uh, it went blue for a, a few different reasons in 2020. Uh, depending on who you ask, it might have been the way the votes were counted. Uh, they didn't they didn't count the early votes until election day and there was a backup there was bad optics on election night with regards to Georgia's voting and now uh, there's uh, some reactionary optics going on uh, Georgia wants to clean it up and and they were accused of voter suppression in the 2018 gubernatorial race uh, which Stacey Abrams still won't concede uh, to Brian Kemp who is the governor of of Georgia. Uh, it just seems like Georgia kind of gets brought up as this hey, we're going to flip the state to blue. There's voter suppression because it's Old South and it's Georgia. Uh, not long ago, a couple of years ago, I remember there was a, an abortion law that was passed in Georgia and then Hollywood and Netflix and a lot of the, the film companies uh, said they would, no, they would no longer film in Georgia because of the abortion law. So it's all this activism going on. By the way, they're still filming tons of stuff down the street from me in Fayetteville, Georgia. All right. I see people all the time, the cast and crew of all these movies, whether it's uh, 
Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, the Hawkeye series that's going to be on Disney+, Plus, the Loki series that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. I have friends who work over there. I often get mistaken for a stuntman at, at the studio because I, I guess I dress like a stuntman when I go out and about town, which is seldom. They always go, oh, you work over at the studio, don't you? I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, no, you look like a stuntman. I guess I just have that look about me, that daring, dangerous look. Uh, that said, they're doing all kinds of business in Georgia. I guess the difference is, you know, if you're going to say, we're not going to film something in Georgia, they might say, okay, but nobody sees you film something. When you decide that you are not going to host the All-Star Game in Atlanta, that's, that's a definitive event. That means it's not going to happen. That is, everybody's going to watch the All-Star Game, all the baseball fans, fewer now probably, but you, you can't get out from under that one. You can say, we're going to halt filming and then go ahead and film something. And how often do people even look at where something was filmed, like a TV show or a movie? Uh, They don't care. They just want to see the movie. This is the venue. It would have been Truist Park in Atlanta. And now when an All-Star game comes to town, you get a lot of people who want to go to that All-Star game. You get uh, uh, bands and you get acts and you get uh, all the fanfare that surrounds it. They have uh, the All-Star Gala. They got the Home Run Derby. It's All-Star Weekend, star-studded event. You get autograph seekers, fans of Major League Baseball. You get celebrities coming in. There's a big influx of cash that comes into a city when you get an All-Star game or a Super Bowl or some sort of uh, big sporting event, a Final Four. You guys know that up in Indianapolis. I got a story about that coming up from our very own Ari Castle, producer of Tony Katz today. So effectively, what they've said is we don't like the way Georgia is doing their politics. And this is coming from the corporate sponsors of Major League Baseball. So you're going to pull the All-Star game out of Atlanta. You're going to punish those people in Georgia for voting for those legislators. You're going to punish those legislators who now have to answer to the people of Georgia. Well, if you, if you really want to get into it, who are they punishing? Uh, Atlanta is a majority minority city. Doesn't make much sense when you say it like that. Say it's it's a 51% black folks live in Georgia. It means black owned businesses who are not going to get in on the revenue of having that influx of cash and tourism by having the all-star game. Where's it going to go instead? Well, they've moved it to Coors Field in Denver. I will not say a bad word about the Colorado Rockies or Coors Field or Denver because I really enjoyed my time there. I was, at one time, the engineer and producer of Atlanta Braves baseball. I went on the road. I went to every ball game, and I saw all the ballparks, and I enjoyed my time. That five seasons in my mid-20s was a, a highlight of my, my uh, very unimpressive uh, radio career. That said... I love going to Lodo, lower downtown Denver, going to Coors Field, great ballpark, great baseball people. So I don't mean to, to bag on Denver at all. They're just taking advantage of a situation. But all that money is going to go where? It's going to go to Denver-based businesses, which are overwhelming majority white-owned businesses. So this is really odd. You have people like Stacey Abrams, who ran and lost... The, the gubernatorial race in, in Georgia, she's always at the forefront of this, talking about these laws in Georgia are bad, it's voter suppression, and people go, oh, well, we should just boycott Georgia, right? And she's like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 
she talks out of both sides of her mouth. She she does want this. She wants it to hurt. You don't believe somebody like that who goes out and misrepresents a voting law, because as we've gone over and we will go over again, the voting law is not restrictive. In fact, let's, let's just go ahead and compare it to the voting laws in Colorado. Uh, Major League Baseball, as we've gone over, has announced they're moving from Atlanta to Denver, the 2021 All-Star Game, in protest of the new voting laws in the state of Georgia. It's headed to Colorado, which has some rules that are similar, if not more restrictive. Uh, Georgia, in this new law, has 17 days of in-person early voting with two optional Sundays. Colorado has just 15. Uh, They also, in Colorado, have a photo ID requirement. So it doesn't really follow that they're going to a a venue that is is, uh, more lax or has more progressive voting laws. So it really can't be about that. It, It seems like it's just really about this narrative and this feeling, this activism. And look, if you're one of these people, and, and and we'll get into this a little bit more. That has ever said we need to get the corporate money out of politics, then you can't like this move. You can't like it. And this is even worse. This is even worse than somebody like Charles or David Koch giving money to organizations like Freedom Works. This is this is worse. This is companies holding people hostage because let me let me tell you this is not just going to hurt uh, the businesses around uh, Truist Park up in Cobb County Georgia it's also the people who work at these ballparks uh, people who I got to know who I got to be friends with who I'm still friends with to this day they work at these ballparks largely thankless jobs uh, ushers and attendants and they would love to experience the all-star game that's huge That's massive for a lot of these folks, people that I know. To have an all-star game, to have baseball's biggest stars come into your city, into your venue, and to show off a new stadium. Uh, The the folks who still work with the organization, who I'm friends with, the the sales guys and the ticket guys, uh, this is a big deal. And because the fellas over at Coke and Delta, companies that, that do business with totalitarian regimes like China, Coke has no problem selling Coke over in China. And in fact, they've, they've moved a lot of operations over there. They have a heavy presence in that market. That's not, they don't even, have, you would talk about restrictive voting laws or restrictive laws, period. They, they do business over there, have no problem with it. Delta, these guys take a bunch of bailouts and taxpayer money. The corporate welfare and then they're using it to what? They're using their clout and their money for what? Advertising and then uh, withholding it. Say, no, no, we're not, we're not going to do business. They're, they're being a political organization. Is that what you want? You want your tax dollars going to fund a company that is going to use that money and that power to, to make political statements. And we, we, we do this stuff all the time. We complain about money and politics, but when it suits our our uh, political agenda, we're, we're, we're seemingly okay with it. Oh, how dare the Koch brothers, they give all that money to Freedom Works, and they are anti-tax libertarians, and they're evil. Oh, no, it's totally cool for Delta to take their tax uh, uh, tax money, their bailouts, 
and use it on advertising. Uh, meanwhile, they are shrinking the size of seats and charging us more for carry-on bags. Oh, uh, yeah, we totally want them to engage in this kind of activism. It doesn't follow. It doesn't follow, and it, it should make you mad. It should make you upset. And that's why people outside of Georgia, outside of Atlanta, have so many opinions on this, because it's not just Georgia. happens everywhere. North Carolina with their bathroom laws. In Indiana with their Religious Freedom Acts. Wherever it is, these grifters and these opportunists will find it and exploit it. And it's not, it's, it should be left to the people of the state. The people of the state of Georgia have voted for these legislators. In turn, these legislators will make laws. And you have a few loud, influential people who will get into the heads of CEOs like Ed Bastion of Delta and whoever the James Quincy, the CEO of Coke, and they will get in their heads and say, hey, you better take action here or you know what? We're going to make trouble for you. You shake them down or we're going to shake you down. And it's very few people. Because if you look at the polls, and I'm not sure how, how uh, you know, much I trust a national poll on a Georgia issue like this, well, 42 to 36% are in favor of a law like the one that was passed in Georgia, which, by the way, still not as restrictive as voting laws in Colorado or in New York or in Delaware. You know, you got Delaware voting laws are, are more strict than the one that was passed in Georgia. And you got the president of the United States saying that this is Jim Crow on steroids. This is Jim Eagle, whatever the hell that means. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it's just a, it's all about you know, how they can color this up, how they can mischaracterize it. You know, you, you've got all kinds of of reports that come out about state legislators about people because they don't fall in line with the political agenda of this corporate activism now. And it's 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 not cool. Again, if you're not okay with the Koch brothers giving money to low-tax organizations or, or, or libertarian organizations, you shouldn't be okay with a corporation like Delta that uses a lot of taxpayer dollars, gets a lot of tax breaks and incentives using your money for political purposes either. That's called hypocrisy. Should not it's bad. You should not do hypocrisy. By the way, speaking of, you know, shaking people down, mischaracterizing stuff, what did the governor of Florida do to anybody? What did that guy do? They are, he is getting pounded on daily by everybody. The latest is 60 minutes put out a hit piece on Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He must be an evil guy. Let's find out what Ron DeSantis did. As we continue with Nation of Jake on Tony Katz today. Does anybody know what Ron DeSantis did to the media? Does anybody know? For for the entire past year, uh, you know, we've been seeing this this dichotomy uh, between say, the coverage of a Ron DeSantis of Florida and an Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York. And we know some things to be true. Uh, governor Andrew Cuomo of New York made some questionable, if not downright bad decisions regarding the elderly and COVID, you know, putting them back into nursing homes and there were outbreaks and there were deaths. Uh, it's been uh, widely accepted that those were bad moves and that the numbers may have been fudged, cooking the books to cover it up. 
all of those things about Andrew Cuomo. Then there was all this stuff about Andrew Cuomo and his sexual harassment, uh, his, I guess, culture of harassment and abuse throughout his administration. Uh, Even with all of those awful things about Andrew Cuomo, Ron DeSantis of Florida gets hit way harder. In fact, they just, it's it's almost like the, the more bad stuff Andrew Cuomo does, they, they blame Ron DeSantis in Florida for it. It's unbelievable. The latest is 60 Minutes put out a, what can only be described as a hit piece on Ron DeSantis accusing him of corruption in a pay-for-play scheme with Publix. Uh, Ron DeSantis, early on, after the COVID vaccine was developed and started to be distributed, he made a deal to have it available at Publix. And from what I understand... It was all on the up and up. Uh, They had CVS and Walgreens. They had commitments to more long-term care facilities to distribute the vaccines they got. But as more vaccines came in, uh, instead of doing, you know, in in addition to, I should say, not instead of, in addition to the drive-through sites, those operated by county health departments, uh, Ron DeSantis went to other uh, retailers and outlets and said, hey, who would like to, to help distribute this vaccine? Who can do it? Uh, Publix raised their hand and said, hey, we can help. And and here's how. And Publix, that grocery store chain, is very popular in Florida, especially among uh, seniors, because Florida has a huge population of elderly and senior citizens. So uh, it worked out pretty well. Mm, but nobody wants to give a guy like Ron DeSantis, who is a Republican, a governor of Florida, credit for, for getting creative in cutting this deal. Had to be corrupt. Somebody had to be getting paid. Well, yes, Publix, they, they did make donations to Ron DeSantis' campaign, along with scores of other politicians, many of whom were Democrats. And now 60 Minutes comes out with a selectively edited hit piece on Ron DeSantis. They leave out, omit a lot of pertinent information that could explain why Publix, the grocery store chain, was chosen to distribute the vaccine. And there wasn't a preferential treatment in exchange for... Uh, any kind of donations. In fact, there are a lot of Democrat politicians, mayors, who has worked with the governor of Florida saying, no, this is absurd. We will see if 60 Minutes issues a retraction or any kind of corrections on it. They're being pressured to do so. We'll see how that that ends up. Uh, We're also going to get into Ari Castle and his story about the big national championship game last night, his experience that wasn't but could have been. But coming up next... This infrastructure bill, $2.2 trillion, how far is that going to go, really? We'll do it next here with Nation of Jake on Tony Katz today. Ari Castle's trying to depress me, man. DMX is in a coma. He's in a vegetative state after suffering a heart attack. This is one of the few stories I was following over the weekend. My wife was like, oh, no, DMX is in a coma. And I was like, wait, no, not DMX. DMX? X gonna give it to you. Oh, I'm, I'm upset about this because he seems like a cool guy. Uh, there are reports that there was uh, an overdose involved. I don't know the veracity of those reports. Uh, but he's, he's, not a, he's not an old guy. Uh, DMX got to be what? Like late 40s, early 50s maybe? And, and I, don't, I don't know anybody who doesn't just, when you hear any DMX song, Rough Ride, whatever it is, doesn't matter, you just... Anybody who's got any kind of rhythm or soul will just bounce to that. So best wishes to DMX 
and his family, Earl Simmons. I don't want to get the bad news about DMX. I just don't. It's already bad enough, and these things only get worse. So we, we've covered a lot of the outrage over the MLB All-Star Game going to Colorado, and we will continue to cover that because that is just one of those lightning rods that everybody's going to have an opinion on, but it actually is detracting from a lot of the business of the country. You know, you know you, you've got a lot of these, these distractions. And, 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 and I get it. I mean, it's a big story. It has a lot of implications as to uh, the role of, of private companies in uh, politics, in our public discourse, uh, who can say what, who can do what. You know, we see it on Twitter. You know, you see people uh, being deplatformed. You know, Twitter's a private company. Go start your own Twitter, they say. Well, those lines are continually blurred. And so everybody in this brave new world is just trying to get a footing. Um, and and one, one other thing that we have kind of lost complete sight of is a value of a dollar. Uh, and we see this with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. You know, you I saw a great quote about the best way to fight Bitcoin, the rise of Bitcoin, is sound fiscal policy. Because Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is really just a rebellion against the establishment and their way of manipulating currency. Uh, money is more and more beginning to mean nothing. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, you know, if they were talking on the television about a spending bill, it was $100 million was a high number. Now, we've skipped over like the hundreds, millions, billions. Billions doesn't even seem like a high number anymore because everything's in the trillions now. Trillions, which, by the way, is unfathomable. An unfathomable number. If you had a trillion dollars, you couldn't spend it in 10 lifetimes. It's a staggering amount of money. But now we're up to, what, $2.25 trillion on an infrastructure bill, and people just shrug it like, yeah, yeah, it needs to happen. Why not? We'll just print the money. We'll just print it. There will be no consequence for spending all this money. And look at everything we're getting for our $2.25 trillion in infrastructure spending. President Joe Biden said last week that this infrastructure plan, if passed, the economy would create 19 million jobs, good jobs, blue collar jobs, jobs that pay well, says Joe Biden over the next 10 years. Now, you could you could look at that and say that's technically accurate. Uh, if you go through an analysis of the American jobs plan published by Moody's Analytics, but it leaves out. This major caveat about that number, that 19 million jobs, is that without passing the American Jobs Act for $2.2 trillion, Moody's would project the economy would, on its own, unassisted, it would create 16.3 million jobs in the next decade. So, the $2.25 trillion, and again, I mean... When they're throwing around this money, whether it's in stimulus or spending or whatever it is, it, it, it doesn't it loses all its meaning. Two point two five trillion dollars is a metric butt ton of money. All right. It is boatloads and it will come back to haunt us. But nobody, even Republicans, they're not even worried about spending now. They just argue on what you spend it on and who's spending it. Uh, it would not create 19 million jobs, but maybe about two point seven million jobs now. You, you know, 
the government doesn't create jobs anyway. It's it's the it's people create jobs. People with an idea, people who take risks, entrepreneurs, companies create jobs. The supply and demand takes care of of the the large uh, largest part of that. The majority of jobs already, as we've just seen, if you believe the Moody's analytics, um, they said 19 million jobs would be created over 10 years. Uh, now they're saying they're walking it back. Oh, the transportation secretary, Indiana's favorite son, Pete Buttigieg, he had to walk it back on CNN. And uh, I know that what the president said, uh, but he says, I should be precise about this. Um, the point is, this will contribute to a scenario where we create 19 million jobs and millions of them are specifically attributable to this plan. So that that is that is political doublespeak, eh, the worst. That is the worst. Well, it will contribute to a scenario where we create 19 million jobs. Yeah, how much, though? How much will it contribute? At, at what cost? And what will you have to do to the American people in the middle class specifically in order to create those jobs? Um, when you lower the job creation expectations to 2.7 million jobs instead of 19 million jobs, you think about it. If you spent $2.25 trillion to create 19 million jobs, I don't mean to throw all these numbers at you, it would have worked out to more than $118,000 per job. Like you're going to spend $2.25 trillion to create 19 million jobs and do the division, uh, $118,000 per job. Now, if you do the, the math where it's only creating an additional 2.7 million jobs because 16.3 are going to, going to appear on their own, that's eight hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars per job. You're, that that math doesn't work out. That and that's that's just a small part of of the two point two five trillion. You know that's the the happy byproduct. It's just not enough. It's not enough to justify. You know, and then I've I've seen another other nefarious caveats with this bill. Uh, it would it would seek to overturn, if not overturn. Uh, right-to-work provisions in 27 states. But if you look at the right-to-work statute in those states, those states are more productive, creating more jobs than states with without the right-to-work provisions. So it's, it's nefarious. It's just the same old tax-and-spend garbage full of pork, not going to help anybody. It's going to help people... In the government and their cronies and lobbyists and companies and the uh, corporatists, it's going to help them all get rich. And you know who's going to get stuck with the bill? The middle class. Because the rich, they can hire the attorneys and the accountants and they can get their uh, tax incentives and they can uh, exploit the loopholes all they want. And it's all going to come down to those same hardworking people that Joe Biden claims to want to help. Joe, you want to help hardworking, middle-class, blue-collar people get out of the way. The only way you can help is to stop helping. Stop helping. Every time you've tried to help people, you've ended up hurting people. All right, I know, you're like Frankenstein's monster. You, you don't understand why, but you go and you just, you, just want, you just want to interact with people, but you're a monster because over 40 years... You've been on every side of every issue thinking you can fix everything, but you don't. You screw it up. 
You screw it up like somebody's dumb father-in-law screws up your house. He comes over, wants to do stuff. He ends up breaking your dishes. He ends up breaking all your all your furniture when he tries to put it together. He puts a, a Christmas tree air freshener in your car, unbeknownst to you. And then two weeks later, you figure, why does my car smell like that? And, and it had left residue on your visor. And now your whole car for eternity smells like the blue Christmas air freshener. The worst one. That's an oddly specific example, isn't it? It happened. And that, that's what Joe Biden does. He puts the blue Christmas air freshener in your car, thinking he's helping, but he's not. He just ruined your car. So, please, Joe, Pete, all you guys, just get out of the way. 16.3 million jobs are going to be created over the next 10 years, whether you help or not. So, you, we don't need you to spend $833,000 on a job. People can go out and find their own jobs. Do whatever you do. Just get out of the way. Go do something else. Do something else, Joe. All right. I, I want to leave enough time for Ari Castle to tell this story because he he gave me the top line, the Cliff's Notes version, and I've got to hear the rest. This this has to do with last night's national championship game, which Baylor beat Gonzaga by like 16 points or something. What was the score? Ari, do you remember? I don't know. They beat the brakes off. 86, 70, something like that. Uh, Baylor was dominant. It was probably a fantastic game to to experience. Uh, Ari Castle almost experienced it, and we will tell you why he didn't. Coming up with Nation of Jake and Ari Castle here on Tony Katz Today. Congratulations to the Baylor Bears. Coach Scott Drew Gets his national championship, beating the Gonzaga, really the Bulldogs or the Zags. I can never keep up. The Bulldogs. Good old Bulldog. They call them the Zags, though. That was a nickname, the old Zags, but they are the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Gonzaga, you know, one of those programs, it's always there, always in the mix. Get a number one seed. Sometimes we got some NBA players on on the squad out there in the Western Coast Conference. Very impressive what Mark Few has done out there. Over what seems like the past 20 years. The guy's been there forever. Uh, has has not yet captured the elusive championship. But look, it took Scott Drew you know, 14 years, 17 years, 18 years, whatever. He's been th- there since 03. Uh, he's he's now got the national championship. Uh, Baylor over Gonzaga uh, just kind of lit him up. Gonzaga went cold from three. Baylor played that defense. And they've been on the up and up for a long time. Uh, so congratulations to Baylor, I guess. I mean, if without the Memphis Tigers there for me to root for, I got no dog in the hunt. Just hoping for a good game. Ari Castle, the national championship was in your backyard. Everything, yeah. Indy hosted the entire tournament, and honestly, they killed it. Amazing job. Great job, Indianapolis. Uh, they, it's not the first time they have hosted a Final Four, but the the entire tournament being there, a little bit of a different look. Uh, were you able to attend any of the games? Uh, I did not. I, uh, you know. You're a, you're a huge basketball guy. I College am, Hoops is your life. I am, but I, I like watching them on TV so I can have multiple games going at the same time. Uh, if I wanted to go, I probably could have, but I didn't try that hard. But there was only one game last night. I, I, I could have gone to that game, too. And when, why didn't you? Well, uh, the game last night, I got a call from a couple, my buddies a couple hours before, and they said, hey, you want to go tonight? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? So somebody had a free ticket then, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I said, you know, how'd you get tickets? And they said, no, we don't have tickets. We met some guy at a bar, and he says that he can get us media credentials, and we can just get in. 
Well, and is he like a, like a, some connected media guy? He I, just kind of. I have no idea. So I was like, okay, that sounds pretty sketch. What's the deal? And he said, you know, he says for two hundred fifty bucks, all we have to do is send him a picture, and he'll create these media passes for us, and we can just walk right in. We can go in the locker room. We can do whatever, whatever we want. Sounds legit. And so, so my super yeah. legit, the guy in the bar yes. with the fake IDs. My immediate thought was, there's you know, that this is fake. Like you know, you're gonna get arrested. This is this is a dumb idea. Like I don't fraud want it. is what it is. It's I don't fraud. I don't want any part of this. So I I declined and I said, don't do it. Like you're gonna get this is a scam. You are you're not getting into the game. Because this is not real. Well, not only could you get in trouble for doing this, uh, you're also just going to pay $250 and this guy's going to disappear. Oh, no. I was. I knew they weren't getting into the game. I thought they were going to pay $250 and then get their kidney stolen. Like, it, this was oh, totally yeah. a scam. Uh, and, but, you know, I got a text a couple hours later, and sure enough, they, they got in the game. It worked. It, I don't know. It worked. They they were chilling in the on the sidelines. They went to the locker room. They got in with this with the media passes. Did, did you? Did they show you a photo of these fake IDs? These I, fake media I, credentials. I did. I did get a, a shot, a picture of one of the credentials. I mean, it it it, it was it, it was legit. It looked legit. So, so what what do you take away from this, Ari Castle? Should you should you be more trusting? What do should, I take away? T- this? Should you should no. you take a chance? Should you take a chance? Would you have? Taking I, that chance, if if, if, if you I do it over again, no, I wouldn't do it legit. because I wouldn't pay two and first of all, I, you know, that's a ridiculous breach of trust to give a to get a media pass that you don't deserve. And you two, you being you being a part of the media, a legit part of the media, yeah, I would have felt pretty grimy about doing that, and I also surely wouldn't have paid two hundred and fifty dollars to go to that game. Well, no, yes, I guess hindsight being twenty twenty. What if it was like an eighty one eighty buzzer beater? And you knew that it was going to be an exciting edge of your seat game. And let's say the price. Well, at what price would you have taken the chance? Is really it? I don't. What, I, I just. I. I. I never thought if I knew for a fact it was going to work, and I knew there were no repercussions, and I knew that no one else would get hurt for a hundred bucks, I'd do it. Oh man, I would love to hear from your buddies just to see how the deliberation process. I, I'm, I'm sure the the FBI is going to give me a call any minute now asking for more details. Hmm, like who is this guy at this bar offers up, I can hey, I can turn you around a media pass. Maybe he worked for the company that produces the media passes. I, I don't know. All I know is that I'm 100% confident he was not allowed to be doing doing that. Well, no, no. It's, it, was, it was definitely a shady operation. Illegal. I mean, it was cool um, for them. Like, they got to go. Oh, yeah. And, and not, not only that, they got the story, and you got the story by missing out on it. Because now, you, depending on how you look at it, you're either the you know, skeptical friend who missed out, or you're the chump for not, not getting in on the action. I don't feel too bad about it. Like, I don't, I don't regret my decision. Well, it's because it was 250 bucks. Yes, that's like, outrageous. Right. If it, was, if it was like, you know, 50 bucks, you might feel like a total goon Yeah, right maybe. Now. Yes, probably. Two fifty is a little rich for that show. What, what's the most you ever paid to get into a a venue or a, you ever, uh, you ever yeah. buy from a guy on um, the street? Oh, and so not. A, but uh, so when I was a freshman in college, Butler went to the national championship game, and as a Butler student, I you know obviously was going to pay whatever it took to get there. So I you know I we had the school package. So I think it was like three hundred bucks for the trip down there and the game. So three hundred bucks. Three hundred dollars. I mean, it was a student. I was a student, so I got the. Oh yeah, so discount. that was. But well, yeah, that, well, that's the thing. It's a lot of money. I would have paid a thousand dollars for that game. I mean, that. Oh was, yeah, that's no once question. in a lifetime. You know, a yeah. small school like Butler. Yes. You know, going was Butler Duke, wasn't it? 
Uh, no, that was the the, the it was oh, Butler, they didn't, Butler they didn't UConn. Beat Duke. That's right. Butler, they beat UConn. They no, did they, not beat they did Duke. not. They did not beat UConn. They got. Wait a second. They lost both games. Wait, didn't Butler win it all? Nah, they no. They uh, they fell. They fell just short. Okay, twice in two years. Yeah. Was, so you you would you would pay a thousand dollars to watch your team lose. Uh, in the yeah. national championship. Oh I yes, of course. I yeah. get it. No, that is that's a that's a good story about the time I almost but did not. And your buddies are sending you selfies and stuff. It worked. Chump. Loser. All right. More on the MLB All-Star Games move from Atlanta to Colorado. And a big trade happening in MLB today, too. But who cares about that? We got politics to discuss in the Major League Baseball snafu. We'll do all that and more next on Tony Katz Today. Breaking news out of Major League Baseball. The Atlanta Braves have acquired Orlando Arcia, the infielder of the Milwaukee Brewers, in exchange for Jimmy Cream Cheese and Jeff Boyardee. A couple of pitchers, I guess. I don't know. Nobody cares about the actual baseball happening. It's an opening weekend just wrapped up. The old Braves are 0-3, but they lost a whole lot more than that. This story about the All-Star game moving to Denver is dominating the headlines. It involves all the things you want. National pastime, woke politics, controversy. It's got it all here on Tony Katz Today. It's your dude, Nation of Jake, filling in for Tony, not only on Tony Katz Today today, but also Tony Katz Today tomorrow. Be in for two days with you, discussing all the news of the day. And again, it's dominating the headlines. The All-Star Game 2021 slated for Truist Park up in Cobb County, Georgia, just a stone's throw from where I am broadcasting from. Uh, in light of this Georgia election law, Georgia has made some tweaks to their voting laws. Uh, you, you'll be reading about this law, and it'll be called controversial and restrictive. If you actually read what the law entails, it's a lot less controversial and restrictive than other laws, like say in California and in New York, where they are not boycotting baseball in those states, just in Georgia. It just seems really odd how uh, the state in which I live uh, here in, in Georgia, it gets gets pegged as the epicenter for, for all this controversy, so to speak. Now, look, we should be talking about the national championship game up there in Indy last night with Baylor beating Gonzaga. We could be talking about, if this was a sports talk show, we definitely would. We're talking about the Atlanta Braves uh, opening weekend. It was a stinker. 0-3, swept by the Phillies. They'll get back at it today. But this is not a sports talk show. Uh, but we will talk about all the controversy with the All-Star game moving to, of all places, Denver, Colorado, which they got to have really progressive laws there. No voter ID. Just get us your ballot when you want, however you want, and we will record your vote. No, that is actually not the case. Uh, it's moved to Colorado, where the st- the state election laws are, are very similar to the ones in Georgia. So, so really, what gives is what what I want to know. I mean, in in fact, it it's 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 really interesting. You know, I'm, I'm sure that most avid fans of Major League Baseball, um, they they don't consider election laws and other political stances when they're when they're going to an all-star game or when they're taking in a ball game they want to see baseball is what they want to see and something i learned 
as a an employee of the Braves Radio Network. That's right. In my career, probably the highlight was getting to do that job. You know, I grew up a big Braves fan. Uh, Dale Murphy in the 80s, Bob Horner and Pasquale Perez, and all those guys into the 90s with Mark Lemke and David Justice and Tom Glavin and Steve Avery, John Smoltz and Greg Maddox. I was the biggest Braves fan you would ever meet. Uh, I got an opportunity to work with the Braves on the radio side, the great Skip Carey and Pete Van Weeren, the legendary radio team. I was right there. I was on the team playing. I was having a blast. I love baseball. But after you work on the inside, you, you love it a little less. It's kind of like a platoon outfielder who hits lefties really well. The more you see him, the less you like him. You know, you can't hide it. I, I worked in baseball, and I saw more and more that it's less about the game, and it's more about the business. It's more about the corporate sponsorships. The things that were prioritized in baseball was was less of what was going on on the diamond and more what was going on in between innings. And that's true, and that is an eye-opening revelation to anybody who goes into an industry. Uh, the, the baseball, the game that you play as a kid, that your dad or your mom teaches you, is way different than the baseball industry. The baseball industry is filled with big-time contracts, rights deals, and that's really what drives it. Now, at the behest of a lot of people inside baseball, uh, especially the old-school announcers and purists, they're interested in what's going on in the diamond. That's why people go and pay at the gate and get their ticket to go see these gladiators play this game, our national pastime. But what is very important to the people who run the teams are the corporate sponsorships. You know, there's a reason that you've got uh, the the Delta scoreboard. There's a reason that you've got the in-between inning shenanigans that go on with my guy Mark Owens, who does a great job at Truist Park as the in-arena host. There's money attached to everything. That kiss cam, that trivia game, all the stuff that people don't pay to go see are sponsored. And we are very close to just the teams having sponsorships on their jerseys. There was a huge backlash against this. Do you remember Ari Castle, producer of Tony Cash Today? Do you remember the the year they were going to put Spider-Man on the bases? No. Yeah, listen. Sony Pictures struck a deal with Major League Baseball to put the Spider-Man logo for the movie Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2, maybe. With with uh, what was it not Topher Grace but the other little squirrely guy Toby Maguire Toby Maguire yeah Topher Grace was in the third one but Toby Maguire Spider Man they were going to put Spider Man logos on the bases so that when the cameras took a shot of Andrew Jones stealing second base like like this is nineteen ninety five or something he he would slide in and you would see the Spider Man logo in advance of the movie people did not like that people don't like it. All right, they they don't want their baseball to be interfered with by corporate interests and certainly not politics. All right, all this kneeling for the flag with the NFL and Major League or uh, the NBA, uh, people are like, no, that's not going to fly Major League Baseball. You've got a largely conservative audience, so it it kind of makes me question, you know, what is the commissioner of baseball doing? What is Rob Manfred doing? 
uh, caving and trying to appease people who don't even like baseball. They don't even like Major League Baseball. I mean, what, what business sense does that make? Other than having two big sponsors, both based in Atlanta, like Coca-Cola and Delta, uh, speaking out against it and pressuring him to move the All-Star game. But I think this is going to backfire spectacularly on Major League Baseball and on Rob Manfred, who was already, you know, he botched the whole season last year. You know, that, that season got delayed and delayed and delayed. And it was largely because Rob Manfred, you know, Major League Baseball, they, they couldn't get it together. They couldn't get in negotiations with their Players Association, which, by the way, without those guys, you don't have a product to put on the field. And, and therein lies the problem. Uh, baseball at that level is a product. Oh, man. But the purists, like myself, they hate it when you call it a product. I hate when you call baseball a product. Baseball's a game. I hate when you call music a product. Music is art. But at, at some point, it becomes a commodity. And this is the decision that Major League Baseball has made. They've, they've caved to these corporate sponsors. Who, by the way, um, they're the ones who are over in China doing business and have no problem with the uh, restrictive laws over there with regards to, I don't know, freedom, like any kind at all. Uh, and then Delta, they, they'll, they'll take any tax incentive or bailout uh, waved at them. If they sniff, oh, there's a bailout available? Oh, yeah, we're the airline industry. We're too big to fail. Give it to us. And then they'll take that money and then they'll hold it hostage and then they'll use it to further political agendas because they're getting shaken down by, you know, people like uh, Stacey Abrams and other uh, Stacey Abrams and other grifters uh, that 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 want to push their agendas, which, by the way, most people, you know, looking at the polls here, uh, the Georgia voting law, which is not restrictive or controversial, uh, has been painted as such. It's actually uh, more popular. Than, than you think. Uh, 42% of people have no problems with the, the, uh, the law, which, by the way, expands early voting by two days. It, it requires that you uh, offer up some sort of ID number, whether it be your driver's license number, photo ID number, social security number, instead of this uh, signature match that is, is unreliable, inefficient, and subjective. Um, and, and there's something, some garbage about, oh, you can't bring people water in line. And I don't think it's garbage uh, so much as uh, the electioneering uh, restrictions. You can't be but uh, so many feet. They've expanded how far you have to be away from the polling places. So, yes, that would keep you from, ha- from being able to have that opportunity to give people water in line. Look, if people need to be hydrated, that's on them. It is, it is not uh, the state of Georgia... Uh, it's not their uh, job to have laws that uh, allow people to hydrate would-be voters. That's it's absurd. It just they're trying to make it seem like you know Jim Crow 2.0 or Jim Eagle. When in reality, it's not any more restrictive or uh, permissive than Colorado's laws, and that's where the All-Star Game is going. It's going to Colorado, which, by the way, uh, you 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 may think you are hurting those rednecks in Georgia in the state legislature, but you are hurting a very diverse group of people in Atlanta because the Atlanta Braves built that stadium up in Cobb County so they could have a lot of commerce going around it. 
For years and years, the Braves had no control what went on around the ballpark. Now, the Braves have shopping. They've got theaters. They've got all kinds of of activities to do around the ballpark, and they wanted the world, the country, to come there to see it. Uh, And uh, you get an influx of cash. The economic impact is significant, but it's not going to be there anymore. Who's that going to hurt? It's going to hurt a lot of black-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses. And where's all that money going to go? It's going to flow out to Colorado, out to Denver, where it is super white out there. White-owned businesses are going to capitalize on the 2021 MLB All-Star Game. So, again... This will backfire on Rob Manfred of Major League Baseball. This will backfire on Stacey Abrams, who is not the governor of Georgia, but she does not conceded that loss from 2018. People are going to start getting sick of this. They will. You know, people will turn out if, if in Georgia, you know, they say, oh, we flipped it blue and they're angry. They're angry that we flipped it blue. Well, that was by the skin of your teeth. They both went to a runoff, those Senate seats. And if everybody had voted in that runoff who voted on Election Day, those two, Warnock and Ossoff, would have gotten buried. So keep this kind of stuff up and see what happens in 2022. You will get buried. Doug Collins, former representative from Georgia, he ran for Senate got caught up in that three-way deal. He, he's not the senator from Georgia, uh, sadly. He has a, an op-ed on this, and, and we may get into that in a little bit. We have a lot to cover here in the, the uh, third hour of Tony Katz today, uh, including, uh, but not limited to, this infrastructure bill. It's, it's a mess. $2.2 trillion. The, the crisis at the border, like real hard news that people should be really paying attention to instead of this all-star game snafu. We'll get into that as well. And I I do want to share a little bit about my weekend. I I spend it in a place, um, I want to say a place that time forgot, kind of like where the laws are mere suggestions. You know, kind of like, do whatever you want, just don't hurt anybody. And I think that's the way we should we should all, every, every place should be like the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. And I'll explain that as well. So we have a lot to do. It's Nation of Jake in with you today and tomorrow as we continue here on Tony Katz Today. We could talk more about Atlanta Braves getting the All-Star game taken from them. But honestly, it's tired, man, isn't it? And I mean, how many people care about the Atlanta Braves or really the All-Star game? I mean, it's, it's something that captures kind of a snapshot that we're in right now with who exactly is calling the shots in this country uh, with regards to uh, the government, corporations, this cancel culture, if you want to call it that. It just, it, it really... I guess, captures people's attention when something like that happens with the All-Star game being moved uh, from Atlanta to Colorado over this this law, because it could happen to you. It could happen anywhere. It has happened. All right, we, we've had uh, laws that have been somewhat unfairly maligned uh, by the media, uh, caricatured, mischaracterized, and it has given rise to companies boycotting states. And we saw it in Indiana with the Religious Freedom Act a few years back. We saw it in North Carolina with the uh, bathroom laws that were were passed. 
Uh, we've seen it everywhere, and it seems to come up a lot with regards to uh, voter ID, which we can get into a little bit later here on Tony Katz today with Nation of Jake in for Tony uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, but there are other things going on in the country that deserve our attention on this fine radio program. Uh, a couple weeks ago, it may have been just last week, I think it was March 25th, if I remember correctly, Joe Biden gave his first press conference of his administration. It took him 60 or so days. I think the 65th day of his administration, over two months before he gave a press conference, and we found out why. Uh, it, was, it was a mess. He really didn't inspire any confidence in his administration. Uh, there were just a, a lot of a lot of mischaracterizations and outright lies about the previous administration, but we we knew that was going to happen. Uh, Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, so weird to say even today, uh, he is a very easy target, easy guy to blame for things. Uh, hell, uh, President Barack Obama, for an entire term or more, he got by by just blaming Bush for everything that was going wrong in this country on his watch. So why wouldn't Joe Biden do the same with Donald Trump? He blamed Donald Trump for everything going on at the southern border. Uh, he, he told lie after lie about how migrant children were treated under Donald Trump. Uh, he said they were just left in the desert to starve or to uh, get dehydrated and shrivel away. Not true. Didn't happen. They've got themselves a mess on the southern border. A year ago in March... 2020, there were 34 migrants at the border. This year, in March, Border Patrol expects that there have been more than 171,000. That is not just a seasonal, normal number. That's like by a factor of five. That is insane. And it has nothing to do with Donald Trump's Uh, actions on the border spilling over into now because it was largely under control for the better part of 2020. It has everything to do with Joe Biden sending the signal to people south of the border that they should come on. I am not going to enforce the law. You will be allowed to stay here. You and your migrant children can stay. So what did they do? They created a magnet. They created uh, the the supply, and it's like, hey, let's go, well, let's let's meet that demand, and so they have, and that's why you've got trouble on the border, and now I mean you've got Vice President Harris having been put in charge of the border, and she has been uh, largely invisible. I have not seen any footage of her on the border. I have not seen. I mean, maybe she was on uh, on the border of the restaurant eating some chips, and now the Biden administration is talking about doing what? Uh, filling in gaps in the, the old wall. After saying for years, walls don't work and they're cruel, uh, they want to work on the wall. That's, that's where we are with the business of the country. But sure, let's talk more about baseball and the All-Star game. Doug Collins of Georgia has a, a good piece on why it's hypocritical. We may get into that next right here on Tony Katz Today. Tony Katz Today, Nation of Jake in for Tony. Now, we've been really heavy. On this All-Star Game controversy. Uh, the All-Star Game will be in Colorado at Coors Field in lower downtown Denver instead of Atlanta in Cobb County, just actually just north of Atlanta. You know, this was a big controversy as well. They moved the Braves out of downtown when their lease was up with the city 
at Turner Field and moved up essentially to the suburbs. They brought the ballpark to the fans. The majority of fans and people and population in Atlanta have skewed northward to the northern suburbs. So they are closer to places like Marietta. They are in Cobb County, still an Atlanta address. Atlanta is a very strange place. There's like six counties that come together and, and they're all like part of them are all in the city of Atlanta. Um, th- that said, it's it's a mess. I think it's going to backfire on everyone involved. Uh, the, the Georgia voting law is not that restrictive. It is not voter suppression. It has nothing to do with keeping black people from voting. There have just been some uh, cracks in the system. Uh, you know, there have been voter rolls that have not been purged. There are dead people voting. There were all these irregularities and they want it to be more clean and uniform. So instead of signature matching, they require a photo ID for absentee ballots. You don't even have to provide the ID, just the number. If you can't afford a photo ID in the state of Georgia, they will give one to you. If that's not enough, if you can't get to a place to get a voter ID, you could use a litany of other uh, identifiers, including your Social security number, your last four of your social, just so it matches up. And in other things, like uh, proof of your your address uh, from a check, a government check, some some sort of documentation that you are who you say you are. Uh, these are far less restrictive than places like California and New York. But Georgia has gotten a bad rap since Stacey Abrams lost her run for governor and she's been going around grifting and, and kicking up dirt. Uh, that, that's the long and the short of it. I think it's going to backfire on Major League Baseball, and there should be an apology made to the people of Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves organization, which, by the way, still got a lot of friends working over there. And I I shot a text to one of my guys who was in corporate sponsorships with the Atlanta Braves, and they are not happy. I asked him what the vibe was and the response I cannot read on this radio show, this being the respectable program, Tony Katz, today with your guy, Nation of Jake. And, you know, I, I just have turned my attention to the social media uh, a moment ago. It's very odd what what tends to trend. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. We've talked about a lot of it. Not just this Georgia voting law stuff, but also the, the crisis at the southern border. There's this infrastructure plan of $2.25 trillion dollars which is not going to create as many jobs as the Biden administration said. I mean, there are tons of things going on in the world. But today on Twitter, one of the things that has caught fire is a debate. And man, the hills people will die on. It's amazing. Someone tweeted, I don't even know who this person is. Someone tweeted that a horror movie cannot be set in space because therefore it would be sci-fi. There is a raging debate on Twitter over this very topic. And I just got sucked into it. I don't know why. I, you know, we talk about distractions all the time. And this is one of those that is is caught fire, is now trending, and people are debating. They're, they're naming all these movies that they think are horror movies, and just because they're set in space, they would be reclassified as science fiction and not horror. And these are like grown adult human beings. People in the media... People who have real jobs are, are spending time online debating this. And, and I'm not above it either. Because I think Event Horizon was one of the most terrifying movies I've ever seen in my life. Uh, with Sam Neill. Uh, the, the, aboard the ship, the Event Horizon, 
there there are very scary things in that film. Uh, they, I, I don't know if I could finish that movie. I was probably, what, 11, 12 years old, and I watched Event Horizon, and it gave me nightmares. And that is a, that is a horror movie. Complete and total. Terror, even. Uh, but because it uh, takes place in space, people are saying no. Well, what are the... What what are the the guidelines here? Ari Castle, do do you agree with that statement? So, if you're telling me that a horror movie takes place in the 1920s, it's not a horror movie, it's a period piece? Yeah, that's a that's a very compelling argument. That's you you can you can be more than one thing. That that's what I'm saying. You could be sci-fi horror and an event horizon is the one that comes to mind. Because first of all, being in space would be terrifying. You know, I get anxiety a lot at certain things, like, you know, not wearing shoes, kids running around barefoot in my house. It gives me anxiety. But the idea of being like out in space alone, isolated, you know, you, I, I got freaked out at that show Space Camp, that movie Space Camp from the 80s with Kate Capshaw, I believe. She was, she was in it. And uh, I think a kid was like, Floating away. She was floating away in space. I'm like, no, no, floating off into nothingness. How terrible was that? What was that other one? Sandra Bullock. Gravity. Gravity. That that movie gave me anxiety. The Martian. And no, I'm not saying those are horror movies, but if they evoke that kind of emotion, that fear, then yeah, it's a horror movie. And things can be more than one thing. But but that's not even really the point. The point is that there are grown adult humans who are not just giving their two cents, they are going on diatribes, writing theses on Twitter. Could you imagine? I don't know about you, Ari Castle, but I could not for one minute ever imagine my father getting into that conversation seriously, ever. Like, my my dad was too busy trying to make a living, Going out and working, going out and hunting and killing and bringing it home for his family, then to get bogged down with any any debate on whether or not a horror movie could be set in space. Because I, I can tell you right now, Event Horizon, terrifying, Alien, terrifying. To, to a kid, at least. I watched Alien, that, that gave me nightmares, too. Almost a guy jumping out of his chest and whatnot. Oh, Ridley sitting there getting... Licked by an alien? Oh, so so and I, I, like and it's just not that. It's, you know, people will have insane uh, debates online about like who plays Batman. Why are people so protective of who plays Batman? Remember when it was announced that Ben Affleck would be taking on the mantle as the Caped Crusader? In Justice League and in Superman versus Batman or whatever it was, Batman versus Superman, people were were enraged. And then they announced later that Robert Pattinson, Edward the Vampire, the Sparkly Vampire from Twilight, would be Bruce Wayne. They were they were mad. Like I couldn't imagine my father. Could you imagine your dad, Ari Castle, having that that debate? My dad is not culturally relevant enough to have that debate. That's not my point. My point is so you couldn't. So you couldn't. I think there was a debate as far back as when Michael Keaton got, oh, got yeah, the role of Batman. Oh, yeah, that was controversial because he was a comedian, yeah. Right. He was a comedy guy. He was Mr. Mom. And he was fantastic in that one. I thought he was a great Bruce Wayne. We just need to relax. Uh, unless you're debating the Snyder Cut of Justice League. 
And then I'm just like, yes, I'll get into that debate all day long. Uh, the Snyder Cut was every bit, if not more, unwatchable than Joss Whedon's. That's a bad take. It's not a bad take. That's a really bad take. It's not a bad take, Ari. It's not. Here's why. A Superman movie is a movie I should be able to watch with my kids. So, oh, that is Superman a horrible and argument. Batman. No, it's not. Yes, it's it not is. Z- it's not Zack Snyder's characters. It's not his stuff. It's our stuff. He can't turn it into Watchmen. He can't turn it into a movie where they're dropping F-bombs and murdering people. I should be able to take my daughter to watch a movie with Wonder Woman in it. And it should be two and a half hours long at most. Then make your own Wonder Woman. That, that is a colossally make your own, silly make argument. Make own Wonder Woman. No. He, he first of all, no one forced all you to the watch DC it movies kids. are garbage. Four hour superhero movie, stupid, would have never ever gotten released by any respectable movie house. And Joss Whedon, what he did was also a turd, okay? I'm not saying Joss Whedon's was any good. I'm just saying it was less of a time commitment. I mean, seriously, if I'm going to have to watch something that's garbage, I'd rather it be shorter garbage than longer garbage. Yeah, see, now you're changing the argument. Your first no, argument, yes, it was, I want to be able to watch with my kids. Well, I do. If that's, if that's the hill you're going to die on, yeah. then you, there's a lot of movies that you can no longer watch. Like what? Star Wars. It's PG-13. Are your kids 13? No, I watch it with them anyway. Oh my God, how could you? It's, it's supposed parental, to be for children. No, it's not. It's parental guidance for those under 13. PG-13. So, Parental guidance for those under 13. What determines what movie are you supposed to watch with your kids? I can watch every Marvel movie with my kid. Okay. All of them. I, I, I'm trying to find a standard here that I can... You don't have kids. Well, what's that have to do with anything? I mean, you can shut up. That is... See, you don't that's, have such kids. A, that's such a lame comeback. I determine, I determine what my kids can watch, and they cannot watch people being point-blank murdered, bloody they murdered, don't. and F-bombs being dropped. No but one I forced should, you to watch it with them. My kid should be able to watch Superman. My so, kid... Those comics were made for kids. Did you watch Joker, the movie? Not that, with my children. I didn't hear you complain about it. It was a villain movie. Oh, yeah. What? That movie was rated R. It was... It was not billed as some superhero movie. It was billed as a psychological thriller. If it if it took place in space and it were Space Joker, it would be sci-fi horror. Deadpool? Was, oh, absolutely not. Okay, well, what? But Deadpool was not written for children. Oh my God, I don't know what we're arguing about. Deadpool was not written for children. Clearly, but who's, that's my point. This movie was not created for children. It should have been. Why? Who cares? It's Justice League. Oh my lord! It's Justice League. It's Batman. It's Superman. It's for kids. Yeah, there's a PG-13 version. Go watch that. No, because it was terrible. That don't complain. It was awful, dude. Awful. Awful garbage. Zack Snyder is very good at showing us pictures, and he's very terrible at telling a story. And has been that has been the case for everything he's done. Everything he's done is very pretty and cinematic, and has his style. And that was fine for movies like 300. Good movie. It was, a fine, it was a fine movie, nothing to compare it to. Dawn of the Dead he did a good job with. Right, but those aren't kids' movies. Those aren't family movies. Those are niche movies for a niche audience. I'm talking about when you do a mainstream superhero movie with names like Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Aquaman, you have to deliver to a mainstream audience in Zack Snyder Cannot do this. And again, this is not a conversation my dad would ever have with anybody as a grown man. When my dad was 42 years old, if you came up to him and asked him what he thought of the latest superhero movie, he'd be like, stop bothering me. I'm 
working. That's what my dad would be doing. But it's a different time now. And if you liked, you liked the Justice League? It was better than the two-hour no, no, version. No, 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 no. You liked the four-hour version? I thought it was fine. Oh, my God. It was serviceable. So bad. So boring. No. So long. It was so long. Yeah. So so long, so boring. So self-indulgent. There were, there were bright spots. I agree. You know, there were bright spots, but but not not enough to justify me sitting there for four hours and watching it. That is awful. And don't watch it. I, well, I, I, I have to watch it. it it's it, a Superman-Batman movie. I've watched it. You're sitting here complaining, I couldn't watch it with my kids. I, I had to well, watch it. I like it. to watch it with my kids. I like my, 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 I like my girls to have a good role model like Wonder Woman. I think Gal Gadot does a great job in the role, but they give her garbage to work with. Well, this, I, is, this is not hard to wrap your mind around, Ari. I'm struggling. You'll get it one day. I'm struggling with it. You young man, when you have kids, you'll understand. Why is it that Marvel can make like 30 movies, they're all fun for everybody, and I can watch them with my kids? If there's anything questionable, I can explain it or play it off. I cannot play off point-blank murder, blood in the back of the head with F-bombs being dropped. Well, Can't do that. I, I, guess, I guess my point would be that not every movie has to be made for everyone. Every Superman movie, Batman movie, Wonder Woman movie, it has to be digestible for a mainstream audience, and it wasn't. It's was four hours long, and it was garbage. Right. Complete garbage. All right. All right. I do want to share with you the lawlessness that happened over the weekend in a little place called Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. It's kind of like... Uh, calling it a one-horse town would be like a half a horse too many, but it is such a fantastic place to go at least once. And I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to do my sales pitch for uh, Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. And I'm going to give you that as we wrap things up here on Tony Katz Today.